Welcome back, guys. Uh, this is the Clear Path NBA podcast with your host, Jacob McCormick. Um, I am joined today on the uh, trade deadline eve by Vendetta uh, Sports Media co-founder, Trey Dalbert. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are- now, I, I just need to know, did you name your podcast <laughs> after the Cavs defense? Because they let all- <laughs> they let Clear Pass every time. It's incredible. No, it was. I can't say that you're completely wrong, oh. uh, but uh, no, uh, it's it, it does. It is fitting for them. Uh, it is current. <laughs> it does. Uh, no, it's. Uh, yeah, man, uh, I kind of went back and forth with a couple names and I was trying to find something that, you know, was a little bit unique. And I was like, ah, that's a basketball term. Clear path foul. Hopefully, it, hopefully it sticks. <laughs> hopefully it's not too obscure. <laughs> so. so. We'll uh, you know, have to post the NBA rule book officials or uh, NBA rules on our website just so people know that it's not just a – I'm not talking about a clear path to a healthy life and I'm not doing some kind of like nutrition podcast. Or I, was, I was assuming it was about the Cavs uh, defense, but <laughs> – Yeah, well, that's a, good, that's a good place to start off. I know we got some stuff we're going into uh, for the pot, you know, pre-trade deadline, but that's – I mean – Anything, any kind of content that I've listened to in the past like week, that's been really what is on everybody's mind and on top of their top of their their desk is 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 that just unbelievable mess that's going on and, and you know it, it capped off by the other night, um, you know going up twenty one against the the Magic in the first half and then ended up losing by eighteen. The Magic are the worst team in the NBA, and you you lose by eighteen after having a twenty plus point lead. It, and you have the best player in the world. Like I just lost for words, man. It is a dumpster fire. I, I love it, honestly. As a Celtics fan, I just I cannot yeah. stop laughing because Kyrie is, just has to be enjoying himself, loving every bit of this, watching them cry yeah. and burn. It's amazing. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's just you know scrolling through Instagram and Twitter at night, just looking at the the uh, the like. Uh, the comments and everything and the, and the passive aggressive stuff that LeBron's putting out in the media. And I, he's probably so happy because he's, well, he's sitting out the past couple of games. So he's, he's, he's definitely trolling social media right now. No doubt. He's probably got a couple of fake accounts that he's just adding some fuel to the fire with. And maybe he's best friends with Kevin Durant. He does that too. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's a bad, honestly, like I, I thought it was weird that he was commenting on his own stuff. That's what made it weird to me. I don't think it's like that weird that you have like fake accounts where you can vent your opinions and, and kind of, you know, get that out of your system. But like, don't comment on your own. Like, don't back yourself up on your own tweets. Like, that's just. I don't know. It's weird though, because like, as a normal human being, we're like what, almost six foot. He's he's like seven foot, and he's the tallest dude in any other place he's in. Like he has to feel yeah. weird at all times, so maybe that's just part of his DNA. That is true. Maybe he's just that's how he operates. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's kind of a an awkward guy. Um, I'm not a. By the way, so everybody that all the listeners know, I'm not a not a KD guy. Not really a not a fan. Even when he was in OKC, I was a more of a Westbrook guy. Just don't really like the cut of his jib. You know, <laughs> just I'm don't actually, really. I'm actually the complete opposite. Really, I kind of like him. Yeah. Well, I mean that's. He does tons of. I mean, I went to the uh, the Thunder Warriors game last night. We're recording this on Wednesday night, and uh, well, on Tuesday night I went to the game, and uh, of course, me and my friend that I work with in in the Bay Area, he's from New York, and so he's a Knicks fan. I'm a Memphis Grizzlies fan, so we don't have any rooting interest there. But we both like Westbrook, and we both don't like the Warriors because of all the fans out here, and they're so obnoxious. 
So we're he's starting an OKC chant. We're like sitting in a Warriors heavy section. So it was pretty funny. And uh, was, but there was a there was several uh, Thunder Durant jerseys there. So people still support him, even though you know the the media seemed to crucify him for for leaving. Uh, I just like if you see that Blake Griffin trade, how can you blame Durant for leaving? Why, That's like, true, why man. Not take your own destiny, like yeah, Blake Griffin, dude. You yeah. ruined it. Like you could have just taken the no trade and stayed in L.A. This is why. Yeah, I think it was. Their he got that. He got that extra year as opposed to no trade. So I mean, I understand why. I mean, the the, the extra year is almost forty million guaranteed dollars. So I I understand the like the the inner battle there on that that decision. But but yeah, I mean, if your life, if your goal is to stay in L.A. and, and that kind of is like you know, it's because some players. And that's always been an interesting topic to me is like people just criticize people for like, oh, why would you want to be in this situation? Why would you choose this over that? It's like not everybody's main goal after a few years in the league is to like win as many championships as possible. It is a lifestyle. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you're making more money than uh, anybody could ever – you could have ever imagined. And you're living in L.A. and you're competing and it's – an you know, you're a, a media darling. It's like – I mean, that's not the worst case scenario if you don't get a ring. But my, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My point was like people rip Kevin Durant for leaving and going to the Warriors, but nobody mm-hmm. cares that Blake Griffin got sent out of town. And Enos Kanter, he had this whole rant about being loyal, but then he was traded two months later mm-hmm. to the Knicks. Like nobody cares. It's, it's unbelievable. No. Well, it's going to happen to – I don't know. You posted the article about Lou Will resigning today. But did you see those comments where you know he's like, my kids don't even know who to root for. They've got Rockets shorts on and, and Lakers T-shirts on, and I keep getting traded, and I just wanted some continuity. And you really feel for the guy who's like – you know, he, he wants to have some consistency in his life because he's always is a trade target. And then you, there's no way I, – I, I almost would guarantee he gets traded next year <laughs> because that contract is a pretty good value – and that just another thing in the, you know, another example of a, a player that, you know, signs, stays in a situation that he likes, but the team has no loyalty to him. I guarantee you, Jerry West will move his contract next year. Probably. It's He's, only if, now. right. If there's a move at the deadline or depending on what happens in free agency, because like 29, I think the 2019 free agency is when a lot of people are kind of like looking for, uh, to add some people, um, uh, you know, if he needs to move that at the deadline to open up that spot, he'll he, he won't have any problem. I mean, he just traded Blake Griffin after they said they were going to hang his jersey in the rafters. So, you know, he's definitely has no allegiance to Lou Williams. I actually don't think it would be a deal for Lou Williams though. Eight million in the summer that nobody has cap space—that's not terrible for a thirty-one-year-old six man. You're saying the contract? Yeah, it was a three-year deal. Oh, no, I thought it's a great yeah, contract. Twenty-four million for Lou Williams, who's a six man. He's thirty-one years old. That's that's not bad at all. Dude, no, it's not bad. I, I love the contract. I'm saying that type of contract is an easy one to trade. Oh, sure. So, like, you know, if he – that's what I'm saying. Like, of course, they want to use him. They want to compete. And that's why they re-signed him. And it's like, you know – but that's something that a team would easily take on $8 million for Lou Williams, you know, in, in, on their books for like a, a year if they decided to trade it. So – um, but it's a good value that, you know, testament to them for getting him to, um, I would, that's honestly a better scenario than sending him out for some, you know, small asset, late first rounder, protected first rounder, getting him for two plus one, uh, you know, with a, uh, with a team option in the third year for only 8 million. That's because I thought he was going to get like three thirty, three for 30 million or like three for 30 something million, um, which, you know, it still wouldn't have been bad, but 
he's such a value right now. I think if somebody was but, offering them a first round pick and traded, I think like teams just offering them yeah. second round picks and a bunch of garbage. So they're like, hey, we'll keep them. And by this time at the mm-hmm. draft, somebody will offer us something better. That's true. That's true. Because that's what people have. I mean, that's what everybody's after is uh, they're either taking on contracts, giving up contracts for space and free agency, or they're wanting first round picks. And, you know, that's something that, you know, it kind of did worry me a little bit with, you know, uh, with the Tyreek situation. You know, he's been sitting out. You, everybody predicted they were going to get something pretty valuable for him. And they're, they're holding out for the Grizzlies are holding out for a first round pick. And but now with Lou Williams off the market, does it does it, um, you know, does it limit what the options are? Does it, you know, the, do teams say, well, you know what? We really don't want to worry about a rental because if we can't re-sign him, maybe it's just better to have space in the uh, – maybe it's just better to keep that first rounder or, you know, that young guy in that second rounder. So I'm hoping that you still can can kind of take advantage of a team that's a little desperate at the deadline t- tomorrow. How about Tyree? Um, like, is any team going to yeah. give up a first-round pick for Tyreek Evans when they know – where the best case scenario is they lose Warriors anyway. Because that's isn't that what it's all about winning championships? Yeah. I don't Well, I think I think it is, but I think you have yes, I to your point, you are correct. It's uh it's gonna it's hard to give up a first round pick for a player that I mean, he could resign. You don't have his bird right, so you're gonna have to use cap space. And he also is gonna try to get the biggest payday possible because he really hasn't had that contract yet in his in his career because he's been so injured after his rookie season uh, consistently so you the, the, there there are a couple of scenarios though where i could see it happening for teams that they know they're not going to win a championship but it's it's even just as important for them to secure a playoff spot and to compete for a few games there and i think those teams are philly and denver that's they know they're not going to win a championship in either side of the conference but they, I think, would add the piece to see what they could do this season and you know with a with a playoff series, just because that's they they both teams have, uh, I would say, above average amount of assets as far as picks and uh, young players that they don't really have time for in the rotation. So I think that's why it makes sense for those two guys, and it would help both. I mean, in a position like like for, for like Denver. Depending on the market this summer, I really think both either of those teams have a decent chance of re-signing him to a similar deal like you what Lou Williams got. And I don't know if that's you know if I haven't looked at their cap situations that closely, but you know I feel like they could figure out something to make it work, you know, to, to keep him for the next couple of years. Philly's actually the one team that has cap space though next year, and he's from he's yeah. from around the Philadelphia area. I like way more for that them than I do Denver. I think Denver would just lose him. Yeah. Well, it would depend on if like Denver, you know, let's say they competed in the playoffs against, you know, the Rockets or the Warriors and won a game or two. Unlikely scenario. They would have to sell him on that kind of core that they have. And if he goes to Denver, he's coming off the bench. So you have to also think, is that going to is he going to go look for a team? You know, is he going to go somewhere like Orlando and try to be like the starter? You know, is that something, is he going to want to, is, does he care about a competitor? I'm not trying to, you know, hit on the guy's character. Like we said earlier, you know, sometimes other things are important to guys, you know, get your paycheck, get your, you know, playing time. That may be what's most important for him and uh, no hate for that. Um, But that you also have to think like, does he even care that you're competing? 
you know, maybe he goes to a, a team that was in the lottery this past year. Maybe he goes to the Knicks or somebody like that that, you know, he wants to get some playing time and, and be on a stage. So How about the Nuggets, though? They have to pay Jokic a max deal next summer, right? How are they going to get all this? Because yeah. Gary Harris just got a big deal, too. And they're paying Paul Millsap uh, $30 million. I don't know. They've got a lot of money on the books. They've got uh, – and they still – they're paying – Excuse me. They're paying Mason Plumley twelve million next year. So that's another. And, and for Reed, I don't. Need, to be honest with you, I'm looking at this like they. I'm surprised. Like they've gotten some contributions out of like some guys on young contracts, which is why they've uh, you know been able to. And, and that Jokic deal is such a value. Um, such a value. Yeah. Uh, but I I see them probably. Um, to be able to fit in anybody, they're going to, I mean, especially, I mean, they'll be able to use bird rights for Jokic, but they, they're still not a team that wants to touch the tax. So they're not going to want to just go up and up and up. So they're probably going to, I mean, they, ideally they are going to look to move Plumley and Fareed or Fareed or Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler has a player option, so I'm sure he's going to take that. Um, so does Darrell Arthur. So they've got some, yeah, they, they need to, they're gonna to have to be active in the offseason, probably pre free agency. Yeah, that's why I don't I don't really like it for Denver because I don't see any way Tyreek Evans resigns there. But no. I wanted to ask you this though. I'm a big Celtics fan. I kind of have mm-hmm. this curly in the boat theory with the Celtics. Like, if you give up Marcus Smart and you get Tyreek Evans, maybe you're putting another hole in the boat because now the defense isn't as good, but you can score more. Does it really make them that much better mm-hmm. if you swap out Smart for Evans? I've actually, uh, I think I chatted about this with maybe Nate, and I've also chatted with some friends uh, just personally. I, um, as far as from the Celtics perspective, I I do think that I I think the team defensive scheme would uh, would trump the individual loss of of Smart. I don't think that you would see that much of a drop off. I think it's worth it for the the amount the offense that you would get. And it's it's interesting for Boston this year and this is a year where they definitely could win the Eastern Conference. I mean, I'm 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 a LeBron guy and I'm a, I'm a guy who, you know, prove it to me that the Cavs are not going to win go to the finals or that LeBron's not going to be in the finals and then I'll believe you, but I'm really starting to fall off that shit. And if you think that adding uh Tyreek to that bench unit and, you know, playing him in, in Marcus Smart's place and adding him next to Rogier who can guard that. Uh, it's hard for me not to do that. And from Memphis's perspective, I don't think I'm not, I don't like smart long-term at the money he wants, but if you can get buy low on a guy and maybe wait out that restricted free agent market and get him for less, you know, 10 million or less per year, I still think it's a decent young piece to have because you'll have his bird rights. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about because you've seen Evans more than I have. You're a Grizzlies fan. And yeah. Boston's defense has been unbelievable all year. Do you really want to tinker with that? But, I mean, this could be a three-way deal, yeah. right? Maybe they ship off Smart somewhere else and the pick that they get back goes to Memphis. It could be something like that. I've heard. And I think yeah, Boston I, could be a team that resigns good. him because we've seen like Brad Stevens, people want to play for him. Maybe he takes the mid-level mm-hmm. exception for eight million. I mean, that's fair, right? Yeah, I mean that that goes back to if if it just depends on what he uh, what his outlook on you know what his main goal is. If he's trying to get his payday that he never got, um, but I do think that the chances of Boston re-signing him are more than any other comp- uh, 
competitive team. Like I think he's a better chance of resigning with Boston than, you know, Denver or Philly or, you know, LA or anybody like that. So yeah, especially if he goes to the finals, especially. Yeah. It depends. It depends on what he clicks. I mean, you know, people can fall in love with, with Brad and Danny Ainge and maybe the scheme just fits him well. And he's been, he maybe coming off the bench, he's able to individually show out, you know, his skill, which, um, which maybe that maybe that's what does it for him. I have heard like a three teamer with like Smart, Tyreek, and like Denver, um, uh, like sending Smart to Denver and Tyreek to Boston, and then like picks to Memphis, um, and that's interesting. Uh, kind of like goes that. with what you were saying. Maybe Moutier mm-hmm. goes to Memphis too. Moutier. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't. The th- people people had on Moutier. The original deal that I liked with with Denver was Malik Beasley and Moutier for Evans. And maybe you add a second round pick or something in there. Cause I view Beasley as more valuable than a first round pick from somebody like Boston. If that's their own pick, like a first round pick, you know, 20 plus 25 plus in the draft, I'd rather have Malik Beasley and then, then grabbing that asset. So that's what my original want was. But if you can get, if you can team them up with, um, maybe get Moutier as a throw in. I think it's worth the shot because he's still got another year on his rookie contract. And I think you can give him that option to where um, you'd had, you uh, could retain him in restricted free agency, but I'm um, not exactly yeah, like, sure. I, I say this all the time. We give up on these young players too often. Like imagine if someone gave up on Morgan Freeman, how many movies would we lose? <laughs> imagine if, exactly. imagine if someone gave up on we JK would, Rowling's, we would never have the Harry Potter books. <laughs> like, we would be ro- robbed of so much. <laughs> you can't give up on people all the time. Like these things have Kyle Lowry no. in Toronto. He wasn't nobody for how yeah. many years? Finally, after time, he pops. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it works in the NBA. Yeah, and and that's what that, that's why you have to lean back on your scouting and your coaching staff, and like really involve them in the process of, at the trade deadline, and be like, look, if we, you know. It, they they don't value Moutier at all. Now, is it worth paying him the three to four million dollars uh, the next year or two? Uh, can you work with this guy? Can do you have confidence that you can put him in successful situations and to really highlight his? Because the dude has skill. He just hasn't he hasn't blossomed uh, in that with that team. So uh, you know he has a tough coach to work with too in Malone. Um, you know he's not easy to play for. There's a reason why the Spurs take all these junk and garbage like Bryn Forbes, and they can play mm-hmm. too. Like part of this is the system too. Yeah, no, you're right, and that's why I'm saying like you know for Memphis and me, I mean you're going to be hiring a new coach in the off season. I would assume. I hope we don't keep JB Bickerstaff, but uh, <laughs> who knows with us? But I think that is worth the shot because with Moutier, it's somebody that's on a value contract. It's youth infusion. Um, he, in my opinion, he's better than any other, you know, he's better than Andrew Harrison, Mario Chalmers, any other backup point guard you have. And that's what he would be behind a healthy Conley. So I think it's worth the risk. If that, if you can get a first round pick from Denver and Emmanuel Moutier, or maybe like a pick from Boston and, uh, or whatever, however that three way would work out, you'd probably get it from Denver because, you know, Boston's not going to give up anything extra on top of smart. Yeah. You know, Uh, Danny. no, (laughs) You can't. It's hard to even consider trades because he's going to ask for way, way more than <laughs> than than it's worth. I love it though. I, it's, I love it's, it. it's, it's, I it's a good mindset. It. It's. I mean, it's the way to be because if you've got all the cards, if you know, it, it's like there's no reason you should give somebody a discount if you believe that 
I want what I want. And if I don't get that, then I'm just going to sit here then and keep what I have. That's not a bad spot to be in. Like, okay, you don't get what you want for smart. Well, we'll keep him and see how restricted free agency goes. Maybe we get him for seven million a year for three years. Who knows? Nobody has. No, nobody does. So there's a chance you keep him for the qualifying offer. So I don't even. It's a you know it's it's a good position to be in. Uh, you know, there seems like everybody's a Celtics fan uh, that, that I've interviewed so or that I've you know had as a guest so far. But they're the most. Uh, that's the most interesting team. A lot of times, I do. I don't know. Like I said in the Slack yesterday, uh, Matt Moore over it. I mean, actually, he works for the Action Network now. Um, he was on the uh, uh, he's on Sam Vizzini's Game Theory podcast. He said that from uh, you know what he's heard uh, throughout the the front office world, and he's plugged into Denver and a couple other teams, but not not like a Woj. But he thinks that there's a like zero percent chance that Smart is on the Celtics Friday. Which that's is it a media member just making a guarantee to get in the headline, or does he have you know a legitimate belief of that? So I, I, I was that like, hmm? they offered him a fairly you know acceptable extension this summer, and he turned it down. Mm-hmm. And like Danny Ainge is on record for saying he wasn't happy with his weight. Apparently, he was mm-hmm. like twenty five pounds overweight when the season ended, and he, now he's punching mirrors. He's out again. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they just don't like him as a guy. That's true too. Maybe they don't want to keep that personality. And, 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 you know, a player like smart who, like you said, he turned down the extension. So obviously he feels like it wasn't enough for his value. So that I doubt Danny Ainge is going to pay him more than that. So it's going to be that offer again, or it's going to be less. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. And I doubt he's going to match. The only hope for if you're smart is if, if there's a team out there that, that believes in you more and, and is willing to give you the money and restricted free agency, which, like you said, there's not a lot of teams with space. So it's like, you know, I'll, I say it all the time with Jermichael Green last year as a player that you thought was going to get like 336 or, you know, four for 40 or something like that. And it just wasn't there. A lot of people, and I actually pulled up the list of like uh, restricted free agents for next year. You've got some top-heavy players with like Jabari Parker and Aaron Gordon. Those guys will get their deals. Those guys will wow. get their close to max level I deals. Think Julius Randle might get paid more than Marcus Smart. It's a chance. I mean, it feels like that people are so out on him. I, I still think it's a valuable guy to have. Uh, I he he. Yeah, but I mean, it, it depends on. And the Lakers probably the, will just let him loose because he you know, will chase after Paul George and all those guys. Yeah, they're not going to re-sign him unless they just have no other options. Uh, I he was they're trying to trade him, but I just they can't. The thing is, they're they're kind of having the mindset of Danny Ainge without the the treasure trove of the Danny. Isn't Ainge. that hilarious what the Lakers so. are doing? It seems like Magic Johnson is telegraphing every move. When he was a player, <laughs> what he invented the no look pass. Now he's the complete opposite. He goes on late night shows. Yeah. He gets these tampering <laughs> charges against oh him. My Why does he keep talking? Like, why won't he just shut up? And why does, it's unbelievable. Why doesn't he realize that all these teams they don't they're not going to root for this guy? When Sam Hinkie got fired, everyone was all supportive because mm-hmm. he's an NBA nerd like the rest of the like the rest of the general managers. They don't want some former player walking in here and dominating because then their local owner is going to say, "Well, we can hire our former star player too." They don't want Michael Jordan to succeed. Imagine if Yao Ming's the new Rockets general manager instead of Daryl Morey. The NBA nerds don't want that. (laughs) 
No, they don't. That that does hurt you, like you said, in, in negotiations. Like, I mean, Jerry West is one of the few is that it really shined, but he's kind of the old hat, the old like he's even he's in the age younger or older than um, uh, Johnson. So maybe he's, they don't think about it as much. But yeah, you have it's just with Magic, he's he's, he's a polarizing person, and he's going to be invited to places like the Tonight Show, and you may just have to basically go into kind of a dormant type of mode as far as the media goes and just be a, a seen you know seen but not heard type thing maybe yeah, that's the best like what's the reason for telegraphing all these moves now everyone knows you wants to create cap space mm-hmm. uh, nobody's gonna help you out you're gonna have to attach draft picks to these guys they're not gonna make the proposition of going to la easier for you you know that's already a hard thing for you know teams in the, in the in middle america and small markets to to kind of go against you know is the, the coastal kind of environment so they're not going to just take on a contract for you or like even jordan clarkson who what he makes like what eight million they're not just going to take him for, for yeah. free they're going to want you to attach a draft pick because they know exactly what the lakers are doing right i think he actually makes 10 plus which yeah. is even worse <laughs> They, well, that the, the the thing is with the Lakers is like I'm not going to do you any favors because you didn't have the foresight to look ahead two years ago when you re, when you gave Jordan Clarkson an extension uh, that maybe wasn't warranted and you signed Luau Ding and Timothy Timothy Mozgov to four year like forty plus million dollar deals like actually I think it was even more than that like I can't give you any sympathy like how did you not know like that this was not a good decision. It's unbelievable. Like Lou Alding had started the first game of the year and hasn't touched the floor since. The Knicks are going to the same thing with Joakim Noah. Like, I understand how all these teams just paid all these. It's incredible. Hey, we, we paid Chandler Parsons. Oh, good hell. At least like, at least he was a, a still a young player that you kind of saw flashes of. You just should have done more research on that injury. That's your, that's your mistake there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to see. That's why 2019, I think, is the target for a lot of teams. You're seeing a lot of those uh, that summer of two years ago, th- those contracts coming off the books and uh, really freeing up a lot of money there. And uh, something interesting that I heard um, actually Matt Moore talk about, and, and this may need its own kind of you know podcast later in the future. But uh, you know, the cap was supposed to go up last year, and it didn't really increase, and it may go up two million dollars this year. They said that, you know, the NBA is on the forefront of kind of like legalizing gambling, not legalizing it, but like really helping it along that way. And they said that that there's a possibility that they petition for receiving like 1% of every bet made with like with approved betting services. That would be unbelievable. Talk about like a TV contract bump. That would be crazy. Like the, yeah, that's, that's like, Talk about, I mean, that would that would boom the cat. That you could see something crazy in the next five years with that. But um, that is kind of interesting, though. I really, you know, I really like what Silver does and and, and his kind of uh, forward thinking with I'm the glad, league and being I'm on top of stuff like, like that. Starting to consider that because isn't the NBA so paralyzed by everything? Mm-hmm. I think every time they put in a new tanking rule, tanking gets worse. It, they're just completely paralyzed. By yeah. It. Mm-hmm. They can't, yeah. They can't, um, and, and I'm not even like a, and I know they're infatuated with fixing tanking. I, I just think you should, I don't know. I, it's I'm not a huge, 
I'm not a like I guess like a, not a huge fan, but I don't really like. I, I mean, like I'm a Memphis fan, and, and we're tanking this year. Like I'm on board with that. I was on. I was a Sam Hinkie fan as well. Not every fan is like that, but you know, I, I really thought that what Hinkie did was right for his situation, right for that market, and you know, is going to work out for them in the long run. You know, they they may have missed out on a couple of chances of being the seven or eight seed in the playoffs, but they're in a better position in the long run with what he did. I just don't understand the NBA's thought process. They're so paralyzed by tanking. Now they make it worse that it's almost better for, like, the new rules, it's going to be better for the eight seed to miss the playoffs than rather than make the eight seed. (laughs) It's going to get worse. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's, it's, isn't it like increasing the odds of you getting like a better pick or something? It's like, the, yeah, like now you can be the 10th worst team and get the first pick. Yeah. You don't think these seeds are going to start tanking? They just made it worse. It's the same thing when they, they made that super max. Mm-hmm. Now these small market teams have to pay the max more than what a big market team recruits a free agent. Mm-hmm. 35% for Westbrook and it's 30% for Steph Curry. Or mm-hmm. no, no. It's 30%. For like Gordon Hayward, because he signed with the Celtics, and thirty-five percent for Westbrook, and now Oklahoma City is going to be paying more in luxury tax because of this new rule. They just keep getting paralyzed by these things. It's insane yeah, that you keep you, you can't have it both ways. You can't try to stop tanking, but then also allow these mega deals that put teams in positions where the only way they can do anything is tank and get picks and get high picks like that's what you're you know you may see oklahoma city in the next you know maybe three four years from now they might be in that situation maybe they've already traded westbrook by that time or maybe he's hurt or something but they're completely screwed like if they sign paul george they're screwed like they have no shot they have to trade like half the roster to get rid of them it's it's incredible yeah i actually think they have a pretty good shot at resigning him um I think uh, I don't I, I don't know I've just seen the way they've been playing lately. It'll really depend on the playoffs and what they do in the playoffs. But I actually think um, they're a pretty uh, I would say they're a pretty pretty solid spot for him to, to stick. I think he would I think he would do it. I think he's a goner. I think it doesn't matter. I think, I think so. he's a goner. Yeah. He's so hell bent on just going to the Lakers. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't I don't hate uh, some stars going out there. I, I would. I want LeBron to go. I want him to to flee. I think to the West. I think it's possible. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's a, another thing too. I, a friend of mine brought up last night. Um. Uh. If he signed with San Antonio, uh, would another team in the West would he would he if if his goal was to if the goal is to win as many championships as possible, uh, the through the rest of your career, which is probably realistically like three to four years of solid basketball, maybe, you know, you go to a team like the Rockets or the Spurs instead of the team like the Lakers. I think because I think huh? like part of this is if he goes West, he knows that he can't lose in the finals. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like we just saw the Patriots right. get eviscerated right. for losing in the Super Bowl. But if they would have lost in the AFC yeah. title game, nobody would have cared. Isn't that part of the reason like right. we like Michael Jordan? He talks about how he lost to Larry Bird and the Celtics six times. He's 0-6 against the Celtics, mm-hmm. but everyone loves him because he won every single time in the finals. Yeah, like no one talks about him losing in the conference finals. But that would <laughs> be the case Jordan. if LeBron went west. Like even if he lost to the Warriors, mm-hmm. they wouldn't crush him as much. I, I don't know the psychology mm-hmm. behind it, but that's just the way it works, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing to think about. I mean – 
you know, if you're staying out east, you're going to continue to probably go to have a good chance at the finals. But going out west, you know, it, it is a thing, though. If you get past the Warriors in the west, you know, you're pretty solid shot. You're, you don't have to – you know, I guess – is, is it a positive to face them early? Like, you know, can you get more reps at him during the season? Uh, you know, it's it's a tough situation. I, I really think his next move is probably just going to be based off of uh, kind of branding for himself and kind of positioning himself for his post-basketball career, and that would be L.A. Can um, we agree, though, if they lose to the Celtics and he runs away from Kyrie, <laughs> that would be really bad for his brand. Oh, you mean like at the end of the game? If the Cavs lose to the Celtics in the playoffs this year. Yeah. And LeBron leaves and is away from Kyrie. Oh. That will look just absolutely horrible for him. <laughs> I think if they lose to Kyrie, period, I think it's going to be bad. Like, regardless of if he leaves or stays, <laughs> I just think, because I mean, I think, you know, especially if they beat him this year, I, I, there's just no scenario where you stay with the Cavs and you're better than the Celtics going forward, unless you just something crazy happens and, and, and you know, some guy comes out of the blue and signs with you in the free agency. Uh, or you're able to find a trade option, but I think he's already in, in a tough spot with you know with with the Celtics being successful and being led by Kyrie. So, but isn't this LeBron James's man? Like he wanted J.R. Smith paid, they got him paid. He wanted Tristan Thompson yeah. paid, they got him paid. He wanted Kyle Korver paid, they got him paid. He wanted Amon Shumpert. This is the team that he wanted. He wanted Kevin Love. This is what he wanted. They've given him everything he wanted. What did he expect to happen? I don't get what why he's so mad. No, yeah, it's been this similar story his whole career. It's like, you know, why are we not competing? It's like, well, man, you have like James Jones and Mike Miller <laughs> as your as your like seventh and eighth guy off the bench, and it's like, I understand that you respect those players and you can trust them, but it's a different world, man. Like the Warriors have guys that are like twenty and twenty one on their bench you know? now; they are struggling, but like those are those are different scenarios than you having four guys that are thirty six. He just doesn't get it, like. Do you think Derrick Rose would be on the bench if it wasn't for LeBron? Not a chance. He's worthless. No. Yeah, like why did you even waste your time with him? It's mind-boggling. He started the season as a starter. I mean, you're better off finding – like you're better off with Jose Calderon. Like, this is why I can't stand LeBron. Like sometimes this dude needs to just look at himself in the mirror. And he should be blamed for running Kyrie out of town. Like this dude tried to cr- trade you for Chris Paul. No wonder why he, Kyrie was pissed. You should have sat down and talked to him. Right. Yeah. No, it's – the thing is, if you, when you basically run the team per se through your comments and through your relationships with the owner and the front office and you basically dictate everything, you're going to catch the brunt of the, the blame too. And you can't have the good old boy system and, and bring all your favorite players in and then exp- and then get pissed off that – uh, the front office doesn't want to um, trade uh, the Brooklyn pick for like George Hill or DeAndre Jordan. It's like, dude, we're not going to win the fight. We're not doing anything with those guys. Why are, Why would we trade a top 10 pick, uh, get pretty much a guaranteed top 10 pick for for some one-year rental? Like, You're going to leave, odds are. We don't know if you're going to – I think it's also irresponsible that he expects all these things to happen but also doesn't hold himself to a standard of – have, of being honest with anybody about his plans for the future. I'm I'm okay with, you know, I think players keeping the power, keeping the leverage, going where they want, chasing the money. I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't have a problem with people getting paid mega, mega amounts of money. You get a, you get your own. That's your career. I would do it in the business world in my own life if I had the opportunity. 
So, but if you're going to demand this level of kind of cooperation that he does everywhere he goes, you can't in turn be the most vague superstar ever. Like it's, it's, it doesn't match up. It doesn't, you can't, you can't do that. Like, isn't some of this, do you ever throw a party and then there's this one friend who's really fun, but after the party, he just leaves a complete mess. That's what LeBron is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's, I mean, like he's fun while he's there and then it's like, he he just runs every, or he's like the the captain on your intramural team that, that still thinks he's playing in the high school state championship. And it's just, it's a tough situation. I mean, I like LeBron, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, really, uh, I guess paying attention in the end of Jordan's career. I wasn't really alive through. I mean, I was a really young through the, the early part of that. So he's kind of the player to me that has been like the biggest, I guess, sports star of my lifetime. And so I do appreciate what he's done and, and, and appreciate watching him and, and have enjoyed the teams he's been on. But, you know, to, at a certain point, you've got to, you've got to kind of, strip yourself up. That's why I was a fan of him going to uh, San Antonio because I really feel like that's a situation where he would have to check his previous kind of not ego but his previous like way of doing things, his his operations, his basketball operations hat, he would have to shed that and let them do what they've done for the past 20 years and be the best team in the consistently in the NBA. See, but I don't think he would do that. Like, isn't LeBron like he just wants no. this isolation offense? It's his way. I don't think he would sign up for that. Yeah. I just don't. Like, even Miami. No, it, you're right. That they wouldn't fire Eric Spolstra. Turns out Eric Spolstra is a really good head coach. He would be a top five coach in the he league. He wanted him fired. <laughs> yeah. It's, and then he wanted David Blatt, who's a better coach than Tyron Lue, to be fired. <laughs> It's just, it's it, like I guarantee you, Blatt would have figured something out with the defensive struggles they have. He would have, he would have figured something out to make these players more successful. You know, it's not a, you know, a criticism of Tyron Lue really. It's just like he wasn't ready for that job. He was placed there by a player, and you know, now he's got all the expectations of you're, you have the best player in the world, and you're, you can't win a game. So, he's going to be gone. Like, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that Cleveland is dysfunctional as a franchise, but like, there's reasons why people yeah. leave home. Like, did did you date your ex girlfriend from high school your no. whole life? Uh, LeBron, you went yeah. back to your ex girlfriend. You left Miami. Well, Miami's a great place with no state tax and well run. Yeah, why did now you leave? you're complaining about things that you wouldn't have to have complained about. <laughs> also, the the position he left Miami in with their picks and everything. Oh, oh, they don't gosh. have anything. <laughs> they don't have anything. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's the ongoing LeBron saga. It's it's polarizing. Um, I don't really get tired of, excuse me, of listening to it or talking about it because there's so many different like aspects of it, and and I could totally like if you if if it was like April and they were, or if it was the you know conference finals and they're beating the Celtics in five games or six games and head to the finals, I wouldn't be surprised. Like if they figure it out, I still wouldn't be surprised, but it just looks so bleak that, you know, I, I can't see a scenario where, uh, where, where they where they come out of this hole. They just don't, it's just not, there's no possibilities there. If Boston had Gordon Hayward, I would be a hundred percent confident that they were going to beat him. But now I'm, I'm not, I'm about 50, 50. Yeah. Cause you still have to defer in a way, even if you're not a, a LeBron guy, you still have to acknowledge that like, okay, the dude's been to like seven or eight straight finals. Like he, you have to, 
that's still something you have to worry about in the postseason. And also, I was listening today. Um, there, I think they're. I think the Heat are like the seven seed right now, and uh, the cat like the Heat have twenty nine wins, and the Cavs have thirty wins. And <laughs> it, like, it, let's say the Cavs lose two games in a row, they're um, they're looking at like being six, seven, eight range. Imagine facing that in the first round <laughs> if you're Toronto or Boston having to play Cleveland in the first round. That would be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah. If, like, if I'm Cleveland this trade deadline, I would get rid of Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. He's such a black hole on defense. He's yeah. shooting 35%, like 23% three. He's mm-hmm. worthless. Like, <laughs> Right. I would try to find a team that has maybe one or two young players. You know, Maybe you trade him to a team like Orlando for like Hazonia or for Alfred Payton or something. I don't mean, I don't even know if that matters, but find a team like that. That's like, you know what? We do kind of believe in him somewhat long-term. I don't know if that team's out there, but we would like to have him and the ability to re-sign him uh, to a contract. So we're going to give you, um, you know, obviously not what you want for him. We're not going to give you a huge return, but we're going to take this away from you. Take this. I hate to say the word cancer, but take this black hole away from you and give you something that is at least an upgrade as far as your scheme goes. Like you're not going to get an all-star for him. You're just not going to – it's not going to happen. Yeah, I so if you can get some kind of athletic, you know, 22-year-old wing that can kind of infuse something in there, you know, maybe that's your best option. But like, that's, I would get rid of him because I think he's poisonous with his comments to, you know, not any more poisonous than, you know, LeBron criticizing everybody. But still, play, you know, not even being with a team a full season and you're kind of going at everybody like that. It's kind of tough. It's a tough look. Like I was the only Celtics fan in America that didn't like Isaiah Thomas, but mm-hmm. this is a guy who is best friends with Floyd Mayweather, and you're asking why he's questionable character. It's not hard to figure out. <laughs> right. I mean, the dude did a lot for your team, and and I was the kind of the same stance. And you know, in in the office, people are talking about, well, you know, you the, he's a he's a guy you give a max contract oh, to, and I was never. I was just you can't like I know. I respect what he did. I respect that he really did a lot for the team and for the city and, and it played through a lot of different off the court things, but you can't just, that's how teams get in trouble. You give like a sympathy max contract to a guy. You give a like you just hold on to him because you're, you know, like you give Blake Griffin a billion dollars because he's from your, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I don't know, but that. Like Terry Rozier is literally doing the exact same thing that Isaiah did when Kyrie yeah. Irving was out of the lineup. Yep, <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, and he—I love Rozier. I so yeah. I remember Bill Simmons. But I'm not going to be guy. any good anywhere else. No, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's a possibility. I mean, it happens every time. But Bill Simmons was talking about like a couple about a week ago, early in the deadline rumors. It was like, oh, can we get Rozier or Rozier in a first round pick for Tyreek Evans? And I was like, please take it right now. <laughs> like you can have, I'll throw in something else if you want. <laughs> like, like you give us Rozier for, for Tyreek, man, that's best case scenario. No, thanks. no, of course not. That's, that's him just making a fake trade. But, um, but I did want to get into speaking of fake trade. I want to get into the, uh, um, kind of the after we've you know we've discussed there's not a lot I guess this is the day before you know it's uh, I guess a little under 24 hours to the end of the deadline um, tomorrow at three Eastern uh, there's not a lot of chatter besides what we've kind of talked about as far as the Cavs making moves Tyreek Evans Lou Williams is no longer really an option you know maybe you know there's there's a couple of other small pieces out there 
but I wanted to kind of, you, you said you had some ideas uh, of some possible, possible trades that may not be uh, talked about much in the mainstream right now. So uh, kind of because right? everyone's cap is kind of bogged down, but it is. Yeah. I up with a couple. So Rodney yeah. Hood apparently thinks he's going to get traded by the jazz. So mm-hmm. why not send Rodney Hood to the Cavs for Jetty Oseman and the Cavs first round pick? Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm Cleveland, I do that <laughs> I mean, without a doubt. Utah says they're going to trade him. So if you can get a first round pick, yeah. isn't that the best case scenario? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you he's a he's going to be a restricted free agent this season. Yeah. You know, you've got a good. I really like the Jazz team as I watch them beat up on the Grizzlies right now on League Pass <laughs> while we're recording. Uh, yeah, you've got um, you've got a good core there. You, you know, you have to. De- Hood's going to be a similar player to like Marcus Smart. He's going to command. He's going to be asking for maybe more than you want to pay him. So if you're Utah, do you want to save that money for years to come? And, you know, kind of run it back with Donovan Mitchell and Rubio and you're going to come off of Derek Favors' money. I, I think if you're Utah, you do it. And if you're Cleveland, you do it. Because so Utah, you, you just go, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Make the trade. But I I mean, it'd be fun. I mean, put him in the starting lineup uh, next to next to those guys in Cleveland. I mean, he's he has been injury prone. So uh, that would How many suck. times can you keep running J.R. Smith out there? Rodney Hood can shoot from three. He would be a great fit for the Cavs' offense. Yeah, yeah I think so. He's long too. I mean, he can. You, we like to think that everybody that's long can can defend, but he he's, he can stay in front of people. You know, it's he's better than Isaiah Thomas and J.R. Smith at defense right now. So he'd be a better defender than them. So I and Chetty Osman is a guy that you know uh, I kind of you know Quinn Snyder. I, I believe he's a kind of Popovich disciple. Um, uh, and you know, he, he uses those, uh, kind of middling, like, uh, foreign players that, you know, kind of can be given up on easily and kind of make those guys, uh, kind of integrate those guys. He did it with Joe Ingles. Um, I would say the way Rubio's playing lately, it's kind of a resurrection. Um, but you know, go bear same, same way, you know, as a second round pick that's, you know, become an all-star. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that's a chance I'd take. You get an asset that's probably going to be. Somewhere between, depending on how, if they lose in the playoffs, you know, it's somewhere between like 25 and 30, probably 24 and 30. And then also you get a player moving forward on a rookie deal that, you know, you can kind of toy with a wing, you know, you can't have enough of those guys. One for one, got approved. Yep. All right. Next one. Kemba Walker. The Hornets are saying they think about trading them. They get out of the Marvin Williams contract and a throw in Julian Stone to the Cavs for Isaiah Thomas and Lon Shumpert. Channing Fry and the Brooklyn pick. All right, so they're sending. You said Marvin Williams. Yeah, Marvin Williams, Julian Stone, Kimball Walker, uh, for and go over the other the what they're getting in return one more time. Isaiah Thomas, Iman Shumpert, Channing Fry, and the Brooklyn pick. Oh wow! So they're getting the Brooklyn pick out of that. Um, well, I think if twelve million. Yeah. No, I I agree. I, if you're if you're Charlotte, I think you do that Ooh. for sure. I think you do. I mean, I think you're. I think you get. Um, I think you get off of money that you want to get. You know, you get off of Marvin Williams, who does have a player option in a couple of years as well for fifteen million. Uh, K- Kimball Walker is a guy that uh, are you going to resign him this year uh, in free agency? And Walker has um, one more year next year, and then he has one more year. That's true. Yeah. Um, but if you want to kind of run it back with uh, with a with a draft pick, I think it's 
I don't know. I, in Charlotte, I just think you want to mix it up. I think you got to try to get off as much salary as possible. Maybe you can – another guy, maybe you could rework it a little bit to do uh, Nick Batum in there. Yeah. Nick Batum is $25 million, though. I, I had a hard time. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard time to get that one to work. Uh, if you could do that over Marvin Williams, I think they'd do it just because that's you know almost $10 million extra dollars. But Marvin Williams is 13 for three years. It's still yeah. not correct. Still not great. Uh, he, I think he'd play. He'd be a good player with uh, with LeBron with that offense. You know, being a kind of a uh, a rich man's Channing Fry, I guess a younger version of Channing Fry. Iman Shumpert, one more year after this year for ten million, and then Channing Fry for eight. Yeah. Clearing a ton of salary off the books. That's that's the thing for Charlotte, you know. It, but that's me being a guy who is a fan of clearing salary, and I'm not really a, I guess a. Uh, a lo- not a loyalty guy, but you know, I'm not going to risk the future of a, of a team to kind of hold on to somebody that, you know, is not going to work out on. So if you can get, ri- if getting rid of Kimba gives you salary relief and you get a top, cause you're already going to have a, a lottery pick this year um, with your own pick. And then you can add a pick that's probably going to be better than that in the Brooklyn pick. I mean, I think you run it back with that. You, you, you'll have Dwight Howard coming off the books after next year. If you can get rid of that, you know, I guess Batum, maybe even, maybe you just decide to run with Batum and, and try to recommit to him. But I don't know. I, it's still, it's one of those that, that, I mean, I said Charlotte would have done it, but now that I think about it, if, you, if they still keep Batum, they probably don't. Do you like they probably Cavs? don't do that. Hmm? You like it for the Cavs? Uh, I don't. I, I, LeBron would like it. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron would like it. I don't think if I'm a, a fan of like post LeBron Cavaliers, I wouldn't like it. You know, like if you're a Cavs fan that like understands that LeBron's probably going to leave, I wouldn't want that trade. Yeah. I was just trying to find like if they do cave and trade this Brooklyn pick, who mm-hmm. the hell would it have to be? And I can't really come up with any answer besides for Kemba Walker. I mean, that's probably the best player. I mean, you probably him and DeAndre, and I, I would rather have Kimba than DeAndre going forward. For DeAndre, no chance. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's I, I don't I wouldn't put it past LeBron wanting that, but you can't do it. I mean, he's got a player option for almost 25 million next year. You can't you can't lock yourself into that, especially if LeBron was to leave. But Kemba um, for two years and 12 million each, that's like okay, I can talk myself into that one. You could, yeah. That I mean, that's you know he yeah I could talk myself into that again. I don't know. It's a tough one to say. I mean, Charlotte's just so hard to Charlotte's so hard to kind of figure out because uh, you know what their their front office is all about. You know, now it's rumored they're going to get rid of their GM. It all goes back to that being a poorly run team, kind of like the Lakers right now. Michael Jordan, you know, at least Michael Jordan's not talking on TV. <laughs> all right, here's my. Maybe it'd be better if you did. <laughs> Here's my next one. DeAndre Jordan and Sam Decker go to the Washington Wizards for Marquise Gortat, Markeith Morris, Kelly Oubre, and a first-round pick. Oh, wow. If I'm Washington, I say Ooh. no to that. Yeah. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't give up Oubre and a first-round pick for for that. All right. Take, take away the first-rounder. Um, um, that's – You'd have a really good starting lineup. Uh, you still hate to lose Ubre because uh, you're going to have to figure out something at the four, and you're going to be really locked in as far as salary goes. You're going to have not much room to, room to move at all. You're going to be in a tough place, though, because when he has to yeah. get paid, 
They're already paying Otto Porter a big deal, Bradley Beal, John Wall. Uh, so basically you're only giving yourself this year and one more year of uh, DeAndre. So you're you're going all in to try to compete the next two years or to try to win a championship what the next two years. What else are the Wizards going to do? No, they're not. I mean, that's what – that's why, uh, um, that's why I said if you take the pick out, you know, it's. I'd say the Wizards would probably consider it. I think John Wall would want to do that. Um, I, the Clippers, obviously, you know, either way you do that. <laughs> if you can get, if you can get Ubre and like any kind of assets for DeAndre, uh, I'm down for that one, uh, especially if it's a first round pick. There's, there's no sense in keeping DeAndre at this point. They did. They just have to blow this. No. Up. That's what I was a proponent of, but you know. Yeah. Steve Ballmer doesn't may not agree. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but, yeah. All well, right. I think they have the right person there with Jerry West though. So Well let's hope that's you around. Yeah. All right, I have one more trade for you. All right. Toronto Raptor. They send out Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, and two second rounders to the Jazz for Derek Favors and Rodney Hood. Oh. Um so Valanciunas and second rounders and Dion Wright for Rodney Hood and Derek Favors. That's really that's really interesting for um, if Toronto. Thinks I mean, I think, yeah, I think Toronto would do it. I think Toronto would do that. And then from Utah's perspective, uh, I think they would too. Because I mean, you're getting. I mean, the draft has you know second rounders are what they are. But getting Wright, who gives you some depth at point guard, which has kind of been what they've struggled with. And Wright can play off the ball as well. He can defend and shoot. I um, mean, he's shown that with like Van Fleet in the, in the, you know, he has started a little bit too when there was injuries. Um, I think he could kind of play with Donovan Mitchell uh, and not, you know, take the ball out of his hands too much. Um, I, I don't mind that for both teams. Ooh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. I, if, if you're Toronto and you think you're in it, small upgrade yeah. here, small upgrade there, maybe you go to the finals. I don't think they can, but if they think they're in it, this is the trade mm-hmm. you got to make. Yeah, I mean, this is a year though. This is this is the year to to go after it because I mean the the East looks very winnable, and, and you know while I do believe you know top to bottom the Celtics are probably the best team, I, I don't feel confident saying like they're going to win the East like we talked about earlier. So, um. It, it may be the year. I mean, I, I could see the the Raptors getting the one seed, even. It, so I mean, very you, possible. Favor, yeah, Favors could play small ball five too. Um, you've, they, their bench is still really good. You're not getting. You're still holding on to Van Fleet to kind of give you um, some bench uh, some bench minutes there. You still have OG Norman um, Potal. Yeah, still have those. They have a really they've they've drafted really well. Masai Ujiri is Masai Ujiri or whatever is uh he's really good. They've oh I didn't realize I forgot that they extended Powell yeah. past this year. He's uh we're gonna see how much of a value he is after this year. <laughs> as he continue does he continue to be that? Um. But yeah, so that's the that was the final fake trade or theoretical trade you had for me. That's all I have for you. <laughs> There's not a lot else out there, I man. Like you're saying, the, the cap space really restricts a lot, and there's just teams are not wanting to give up first round picks, and that's what other teams want. So I do find it interesting if Ainge does make a move for Tyreek Evans because he basically took that injury exception with Gordon Hayward. It's worth eight point three million. Greg Monroe signed for five. 
and there's 3.3 left, and that's exactly what Tyre Evans makes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did he do that on purpose? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it, it's it's it, pretty coincidental, if not. Um, I guess they could make that work if they were to like give us like uh, give Memphis like a kind of a middling pick, like a guy making a couple million on the bench, but. That that he would fit right in there for not even losing another asset. You're just giving up a pick. So yeah, I don't. I, that's what that's why I rated on the pod the other day. I was like, I think it's uh, Philly, Denver, Philly, Denver, and Boston in that order is is the uh, uh, potential landing spots and like the likelihood that it happens. Because I, I think Danny Ainge he he wants it to happen, but he's at the same time it depends on what Memphis. Of course, Chris Wallace is like a disciple of theirs and. I just, I just really hope that he doesn't get taken advantage of, because <laughs> he's gonna. Chris Wallace is gonna be gone after this season anyway. I think, and it's just please don't screw us up before you leave. Maybe he should just trade Gasol then so, and try to save his job. <laughs> oh man, he would. He'd have a lot of enemies if he did that. I'm, I, if the deal's out there, you know, I, I talked about it with the McCollum deal um, from for Gasol uh, as a possibility, but I don't. I think their plan still is to compete for the next two seasons. So. Um, and which is not a bad idea in that market, and, and with the, the what some of your young guys this year have showed, plus a top ten pick, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to try to run it back. I mean, you're not going to beat the, you're not going to win a championship, but I still think that it's it's not a it's not a bad strategy to just kind of play out the next two to three years with Conley and Gasol and their last few years of their, of their yeah, uh, prime. Of course, Danny Ainge has to have one of Memphis's picks too. It's unbelievable. God. <laughs> It's at least it's one through eight. So if we suck really bad next year, then we'll still keep it. But it's just man, <laughs> the picks we've traded is Jeff Green, dude. So many teams have mortgaged so much for him. Another LeBron guy who sits on the bench and doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> the dude looks like he should be an all star. Just man, you got you watch some film. People that trade for him, like, do you not watch film of these guys? Like, God, well. well Anyway, that was some uh, that was some good trade scenarios. Maybe we'll see something like that happen. Uh, I still think probably Evans is the most likely trade piece. Uh, I, I like I like Hood as a kind of a under the radar. Op- I could just see Woj out of nowhere tweeting that Hood's been traded. <laughs> you know, like oh wait wait I forgot about this guy. So that's uh, that's some other stuff. Um, uh, maybe some maybe we see some salary trades too. Uh, uh, or some uh, there's also going to be a buyout market. I'm sure for a few veterans. So. Um, I'm thinking like there's a good chance some of these teams just say, you know what, we'll, we'll, like what if Brooke Lopez is available in the buyout market? Yeah, yeah, it, it could happen. Yeah, you're, that's true. I mean, that's he's he's extended his shot, so that's a that's a guy that I wouldn't like hate to have. Um, still a huge huge player. He still is very skilled, but there's a. Uh, We'll see. I mean, the, the, I think the buyouts like the buyout date's like three weeks from now because it's still the same date, even though they moved the trade deadline up. So That's we'll see if I'm that changes like, anything. I'll be surprised if some team like really gives up a first round pick because there's going to be so many guys in this buyout market that mm-hmm. teams might just say, "Is he really that much better than what I can get on the buyout market?" Right. I I would say a sneaky team that I just remembered uh, that might give up a first rounder. Watch Milwaukee and what they do. Um, they're a team that with the way Jabari has come back from the injury and with the way the East looks as well, being maybe up for grabs, that's a team that I could see coming out of nowhere and swooping in. They were rumored originally with Tyreek as well. 
I don't know if that would be the right move for them, but Brogdon is hurt. Delvadova's hurt. You know, they do need some depth at point guard. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a team that kind of swoops in at the last minute and, and really tries to go after it this year. I bet you so, they would try to get out of like a John Henson contract to do something. Yeah, they would. They would. They would probably demand that you take uh, something back for them giving up a first. Which, um, you know, that's you know, it depends. If you get the first, I'd, I'd be willing to do it. So, um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you jumping on. If there's anything else you want to recap before we before we jump off, uh, go ahead. No, I'm about tapped out. It was a good episode. Good. Uh, we'll see yeah. what happens though. Yeah, for sure. We'll um, we'll definitely see what happens tomorrow. I'm hoping to uh, I, I, right now. I have Nate tapped again for a little uh, trade deadline kind of recap tomorrow, which are always fun because sometimes they're more fun than pre-trade deadline because you're really able to kind of see what's going on. Um, so we'll try to record that tomorrow. Have it up on Friday morning. And uh, what kind of uh, what are the podcasts that you're on, Trey? So they can check it out. I have my own on vendettasportsmedia.com. You can find that some cheese. And then my other podcast is The Lead Word, who I host that with Chad Bauman. You can also find him on the site. Yeah, yeah. but guys, check out vendettasportsmedia.com. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of NBA coverage up if you're interested in reading some articles. I'm going to stay up to date with the trades that go down on the deadline, so yep. make sure to tune into those. Yep, I'll be working from home as well, so we'll try to get as much content up as, as possible um, uh, You know, tomorrow. So. All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on. Like I said, it's the Clear Path NBA podcast with uh, Vendetta Sports Media. You can follow us on Twitter. I'll tweet it out. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, um, you know, anywhere you want to listen. So, um, but check it out, guys. I appreciate. Um, uh, once again, Trey, thanks for jumping on, and I'll see you guys uh, next uh, tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>